so thankful for every man, every woman that gave their lives for all of our freedoms, one of which is the reason we're able to be here today in a gathering like this. And we're very, very, very thankful uh, for that. In this moment, just of appreciation, I want us to pray. I want us to pray for our nation. Uh, you know, of course, born and raised in Canada, I always want to throw in North America. If you're really feeling faith, let's pray for the whole world today, that the glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former, that God's not done with us yet, right? And in the last days, he's still pouring his spirit out upon all, not just some, upon all flesh. And so let's pray today. God, we thank you for these holy moments we've had today. When we're singing about you being the way maker and the miracle worker and the promise keeper, I could just sense your Holy Spirit so strong in the room today. I thank you for what you're doing on site. I thank you for what you're doing online. We pray that you would continue to be the way maker around the globe. You would continue to work in marriages and families, and you would continue to work in our children, that whether or not Acts 2 talks about the young or the old, the visions and the dreams, we just thank you from the youngest to the oldest that you are continuing to work. We pray for our nation today that this would be a nation that would truly put their trust in God, that everything that's trying to tear us apart, that your Holy Spirit, your Holy Word would continue to bring us together. Pray for the body of Christ. I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone said amen. I want to welcome all those joining us online. Nine o'clock service today. I looked around the room. Honestly, I could hardly see any empty chairs when I was speaking at nine o'clock. And uh, it was such a great turnout for a long weekend. Sometimes a weekend like this, people are going to the lake, people are, are, you know, out of town, just all the stuff that comes with a long weekend. But it was freezing cold. Uh, you had to come to church. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, can be sunny tomorrow. Uh, we had a great crowd at 9 o'clock. Then to see you all here. Uh, I'm so glad that you are here this weekend. Also, um, glad that all of those that are traveling or out of town, glad that you are, you are online. Um, it reminded me when, when I was thinking earlier about Facebook Live and all of the people that join us weekly, it reminded me of the joke uh, that I heard. There, there's apparently talks about a major merger of social media, that social media is wanting to do a major uh, merger, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, and this major uh, merger, they're expected to name uh, this new social media site, You Twit Face. Uh, it's not funny. Not funny. But our services are on, on YouTube. Today we're on Facebook Live. We have a lot of people joining us online. Connor Miller, love you, Connor. Uh, Carol Fisher, Valerie Jensen, Tim Blues. I love you, Tim. Thank you for your text the other day. Uh, very kind. Uh, Alexis is online. There's a lot of people online. Ron and Christy Rogers uh, enjoying Florida. Our daughters play softball together. And uh, if your son needs any money, he's always asking for money at the games. Just let me know. I will cash out some spending money in Florida. Just kidding. But I hope you have a great time in Florida. Uh, there's a lot of people online. Story, so would you welcome all of our online family today? Let them know how awesome it is to have them. I want to talk to you in our time together on the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you today on the Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit. When we ask ourselves the question, why would I want the Holy Spirit? Why would I want the Holy Spirit? When you look at the Greek word pneuma or, or the Hebrew word ruach, and, and you look at the definitions, even breath or the wind of God, why would I want that in my life? One theologian said this, every time that we say we believe in the Holy Spirit, we mean that we believe that there is a living God able and willing to enter human personality and change it. That's what we believe. That there is a God, there's a spirit that wants to come into your life and into my life and change us. There are several stories that are similar to the true story I'm going to share with you right now. There's several stories out there, but one, because they all have the same principle, and I just want you to apply it to your life. The one story, true story of John Sherrill, he was a journalist, and John set out, and I'm quoting, he wanted to discredit the phenomenon of speaking in tongues. So there's a lot of things about the Holy Spirit prayer language, leadership. The Bible says the Spirit of God leads us and guides us. There's the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, or self-control. There's the fruit of the Spirit. There's the gifts of the Spirit. Maybe you've heard people talk about the gift of faith or discernment or healings. Those are gifts of the Spirit. Then you have strength. The Bible said, I would that God would strengthen you, strengthen you on the inner man by His Spirit. So we have strength. Then we have the right way or what the Bible would call righteousness that the Holy Spirit is righteousness, righteousness. It teaches you to do the right thing. Maybe, maybe you've heard the right way referred to as conviction. That means that you or I could do something, say something, something in our life that shouldn't be there, and all of a sudden the love of God, the truth of God goes to work in your life and will convict you, convict you and say you shouldn't have went there or you shouldn't have said that or you owe them an apology or you need to make that right. You or I would never want to live without conviction. Conviction is a good thing. Conviction teaches us the right way. And, and this journalist, John Sherrill, set out to discredit all of that. He wanted to discredit the Holy Spirit. But what happened with John Sherrill is that he's, he interviewed countless people about this experience. I'm quoting, it says, his doubts were shattered he was baptized in the Holy Spirit himself. He ended up writing a different book. You, you could research it and find the book. He, he wrote a different book called They Speak With Other Tongues, and it's now sold millions of copies. You say, Micah, why are you sharing this story about John Sherrill? Just the principle of the story that I wanted to share with you because I realize that even in a setting like this, both on-site and online, there could be so many varying opinions we have at StorySide 17 backgrounds. Might have changed some, but the last I heard, I was told there was 17 backgrounds. We have some people that have come out of Amish or Mennonite, some other people who have come out of apostolic holiness groups, or you know, people out of Church of God of Prophecy, or Church of God, or Church of God in Christ. Those, those are all at StorySide. You could, you could get Lutheran, you could get Presbyterian, even if you study Baptist, it's not just Baptist. There's a, there's a lot of Baptists under the umbrella of Baptist. You can have First Baptist or Second Baptist or Berean Baptist or Primitive Baptist. There's a United Baptist. There's a lot of Baptists. 
you have all these backgrounds and the moment I say a word anytime you have a diversity of backgrounds all of those people can have a different opinion so when I say this has happened over the years when I say baptism baptism some people the first thought they have is infant baptism infant baptism people will even tell me I was baptized and they'll say as a baby as a baby I was baptized other people when I say baptism they're going to think a sprinkling of baptism they'll think a sprinkling they take water they'll sprinkle that's baptism to them some people when I say baptism you would think immersion immersion backwards you would think the Bible says buried with him in baptism so you would think backwards buried immersion other people and it happened even this morning this morning when I say baptism their first thought is three times forward three times forward they will baptize people three times forward Father Son Holy Spirit if, if you were to study even some of our Jewish culture or roots you will find that some people believe you baptize yourself that this decision that there are witnesses there but you baptize yourself and so you immerse yourself and that's just one subject I just say baptism and you get all these different people with different ideas and we all search to say okay what would the scripture want us to do what would God want us to do so I understand today I understand when I say I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit that all of those same people could then start thinking whatever comes the lens of your life whatever comes to mind when I say the Holy Spirit so I could say the Holy Spirit and some people thinks okay we need to run around or I could say Holy Spirit and you could think okay someone's gonna stand up and they're gonna shout something out I could say the Holy Spirit and you think you know Maybe someone is going to, they would use a word like slain or laid out or fall backwards. You, you, you could think of that. Some people could think of the prayer language. Some people could think of all of these things. And it could just happen all over the room. It could happen online. The moment I just say the word, all I am asking you in the next 20 or 30 minutes is to do maybe what this journalist did. And that is, as you are navigating this with me, that you'll at least let your wall down a little bit so that you don't tune me out for the next 20 or 30 minutes and be like, I already know, I already know. They told me in Church of God of Christ or Apostolic Holiness or Pentecost or Baptist, or I already know, Micah. What if we just like let the wall down for a few minutes and we just said, if there's anything I need to learn today, if there's anything you need to show me today, I'm asking you, God, speak to me today. And maybe something could change in your mind like it did for this journalist. When we look at scripture, Acts chapter 19 says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road to the interior and arrived at Ephesus and there he found some disciples. I would love nothing more than this weekend. I know it's not Acts 19, it's Memorial Day weekend in Ohio, but I would love nothing more than for God to find you like today. And maybe you are at this point in your faith, but God says, I have more. I have more. I would love for God to find you. He asked them in verse number two, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? And they said, 
John's baptism. Remember when I told you all the different baptisms? They, they said, so they, they would be baptized in whoever they were following in their culture. They said we were baptized into John's baptism. Verse 4, and Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is Jesus. And on hearing this, notice this, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. You say, Mike, I thought we were talking about the Holy Spirit. We are. But did you notice even in this conversation, they realized, I want to be rebaptized. So sometimes when you have these types of conversations, it'll even open up more in your life, and God could start dealing with you about other things as well. So they're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Here's where I want to press pause before I read these last couple of verses in Acts 19. There really, as we're talking about these things, there's really two things that take place for every one of us as we have these conversations. Number one, I think we all ask ourselves, is there anything I need to learn? Is there anything I need to learn? I think it's as important for us to also ask, is there anything that I need to unlearn? Unlearn. So they said we were taught John's baptism. Well, there is a chance in life that maybe you and I were taught some things that if we just stick to it and be like, no, for the rest of my life, I think sometimes we at least have to be open to say, if there's some things you want to add in my life, I want to be open to that. Maybe there's more. The question is, once you and I hear, how do we respond? How do we respond? Verse number six, and when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. They began speaking in tongues and prophesying. Paul went into the synagogue and spoke out boldly for three months. He talked with the Jews and persuaded them to accept the things he said about the kingdom of God. Final verse. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation. So in other words, they weren't just against it personally. Now they're going to rile up a bunch of other people to be against it. The Bible says that Paul went elsewhere to teach. Now as we talk in the next few minutes, I want you to understand it's okay. It's okay. You're not a bad person. I'm not a bad person if we have some concerns or caution or even questions. That, that doesn't mean we're a bad person because we have questions. Matter of fact, if you read in Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19, there's questions in all four of those passages about what we're talking about right now. There was questions in every one. Questions are okay. So if you have questions today, that's all right. It's okay to have questions. The, the questions that you might have today, I don't have all of the answers, but some of the questions you have today could revolve around extremes or what I've called weird. So, so there could be some extremes that the moment I say Holy Spirit, you have seen some of that crazy side of the Holy Spirit. You know, I've heard people even call it before the hokey spirit. I've heard people say that like, I don't need the hokey spirit. Well, I don't want the hokey spirit either. I don't want the hokey spirit either. But maybe you have been burned. Maybe you have been burned by some people who've done something and was like, that's the Holy Spirit. And you're like, Micah, I don't want weird. I'm not looking for the extremes. 
of the Holy Spirit. My wife and I was talking this week because in my travels over the years, of course, you know, and I spent several years traveling full-time, but from one side of Canada to the other multiple times and, and then four or five years traveling in the States. And there's so many things that came to mind this week as I was preparing for the message, but a couple of them, a couple of them that came to mind was one pastor that Angel and I, we were talking to one day and he told us a story, it wasn't second or third hand, he, he was there, he's a pastor in the church. The church had been divided, they were arguing and fighting about something and can't remember what it was, but, but he said that there was a, a, an older lady that decided to give like this word, is what they would call it, decided to give like a word um, it, to the church from God. And so she stands up, they had Sunday night service at that time, but pa pastor told us that this lady stood up on a Sunday night and she said a bad word. I'm not going to say the bad word, but she said a bad word and you can just figure out which one it was. But she stands up and she says, thus saith the Lord, you know, this is God. I am so tired of you guys being divided. I'm so tired of you guys fighting and arguing. I'm so, so God's saying all this stuff he's tired of. And, and he said that the woman says, I'm going to give you guys, I think it was Tuesday, but I'm going to give you guys until Tuesday to straighten it out. And if not, I'm coming down and someone's going to get their butt kicked. And she didn't say butt, but... And the pastor was telling Angel and I, some people burst out laughing, just like a few of you, like carnal people did. Uh, you're like, aha, it's a laugh. <laughs> Man. But pastor was also telling my wife and I, Angel and I, that some people like gathered their stuff and like walked out, was like, we're out of here. Like, my God, don't talk like that. Um, but stuff like that, Stuff like that, if, if you have some of those kind of extreme stories, I think that's why some people are like, you know what, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. So you have extremes. Then you have the word that I would call everyone. I, I'm just talking about some of the struggles, why I think churches or people, they either don't encourage the Holy Spirit, they don't talk about the Holy Spirit, how could you have Acts 19, people that are trying to live out faith that are like, we've never even heard of it. Well, the truth of the matter is, I think you could go church to church to church maybe and not hear about it. It's such a unique subject because you have those extremes. Then you have what I would call here everyone. What I mean by that is some people, it's easy to dismiss it and say, I think it's for, I think it's for the apostles. Well, then the moment you say that, whether, whether or not, you think that, that tongues have ceased, or, and I'm talking about everything with the Holy Spirit, but maybe you've heard of cessationism or things. Well, the moment you say, I think it's just for the apostles, then it sort of lets you and I off the hook. Or in 2021, you could say, well, I think it's just for the preacher. I think it's for the preacher and the staff, and then it lets us all off the hook. So the moment that you don't think it's for everyone, so some people even say, you know, it's a gift of tongues. Micah and Corinthians, it's a gift of tongues. It's only for a few people. Well, in my opinion, it's my opinion, I believe that tongues in Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19 is a prayer language for everyone. When you read those passages, all even Acts 19 that we just read, everyone that was prayed for had a prayer language. They, they had this God moment, this holy moment. In my opinion, I think the gift of tongues is different than tongues mentioned in the book of Acts. Not everyone agrees on that. I'm okay with that, but I'm just telling you my opinion. 
I think that everyone can be filled with the Holy Spirit. But if you don't believe, if you, if you just think it's this person or that person, and then everyone becomes the hurdle. You with me? So we have extremes, we have everyone, then we have education. Education. That means that, means that you've been warned about the Holy Spirit. That some people maybe could watch online and be like, that's why we told you not to go to Stormyside. We told you. <laughs> no, I'm serious. We told you. Be- because you've been warned, like, if I just tell you about parenting, which is a great subject, we need good parents. Or we talk about marriage. We want good godly marriages. Or if we talked about outreach and feeding and clothing, which we do. Support Belleville Neighborhood Outreach and Richland Pregnancy Center and Harmony House and the Feeding Downtown, all these different things, and of course, worldwide. You're like, Pastor Micah, yes and amen, I'm with you on all of that. But the moment you talk about this, you just cross the line. Just cross the line because some people have been warned about it. You automatically think, it's just like the baptism word. When I say the Holy Spirit, some people think snakes. Some people think, okay, you're going to push people over, you're going to cover them up in a blanket, and even the blankets got nicer as the years. When I was a kid, it was just sort of like a towel or an old blanket or something, but then churches started like embroidering logos on it and like got all these tassels, and they got pretty nice at the end of it. You know, it reminds me, because I was raised super strict. I was raised super strict. Uh, first pair of shorts I ever wore, I was 16 years old. Uh, I mean, I'm, when I say strict, my mom was always dresses, women, no makeup, no nothing. We weren't allowed to wear the color red. We had no TV, didn't go to movies. I was raised, when I say strict, I feel like I was raised really strict. But, but, you know, when I'm talking about those blankets and towels, all that stuff, it reminds me of the joke about when, you know, because TV, was, they used to call it the devil's eye when I was a kid. We didn't have a TV, it's called the devil's eye. And some of my dad's friends would always put a blanket over the TV, even in hotel rooms. We'd go into a hotel room, they'd cover it up with, with a blanket, because uh, the devil's eye. And I would always joke uh, how stuffy it got under there watching TV. <laughs> I would go behind the veil. <laughs> Woody Woodpecker, Dukes of Hazard. Yep, those two were back-to-back, 4 and 4.30. Um, (laughs) But maybe you've been educated and warned against it. And so the moment I say it, here comes that wall. Here comes that wall that you're thinking, okay, they're they're probably going to do the blanket, the pushover. And so you just have a wall there. You just have a wall there. The next thing would be elitism, elitism. This is a big one that I think is even a personal pet peeve. I'm just sharing my heart with you. It's a personal pet peeve. I don't like when people say, I have the Holy Spirit, and the moment that you feel like the Holy Spirit is in your life, you're better than everyone else. You're better than everyone else now. So you almost like have this, like, our church has the truth, or our church is the best, or you can make it personal. Like, I am better than other people because I have, in my opinion... I think the Holy Spirit probably should make us humble, right? It shouldn't be a haughty thing or whatever. I think the Holy Spirit should remind us, I can't believe that Christ's Spirit's in me. We've shared that one of the reasons why I think all of us could be a little bit standoffish with the Holy Spirit 
is we don't want to lose control. So as long as you control your checkbook, right, then you make your own decisions. But if you say, okay, I want the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me. Well, what if he says, what if the Holy Spirit says, checking out a Kroger or Meyer or Walmart, I want you to pay for that lady's groceries. Well, now you are opening your life up to say, I don't want to make all my own decisions. I want the Holy Spirit to make decisions for me, right? So the Holy Spirit could start to speak to you and say, you know what, I want you to go and pray for that guy. And you're like, I'm not walking over there. If I walk over there and pray for him, what's everyone else in the room going to think? What's everyone else going to say? And then you start second guessing yourself, almost like it's like my mind playing tricks with me. Why would I go pray for him? But as you begin to open yourself up to the Holy Spirit, you're just saying, you know what, I don't want to live life for me only. I want to do what the Holy Spirit wants me to do. Well, that could involve even your praise or your worship. When you open up to the Holy Spirit, I've had people tell me before, Micah, I'm crying. I don't even know why I'm crying. Those are some squeaky shoes. I actually have a pair of Nikes that squeak like that, and I hate them. I even try to put like dirt and everything on the bottom. Like, I, I love them because they're all black, black sole. Like, I like an all black, but man, they're squeaky. Uh, anyway, um, sorry. I'm trying to focus. <laughs> I'm giving it my best shot. <laughs> um, I had a couple down here in the second row today start whispering, laughing, whatever. I thought they were making fun of the message, honestly. They're like laughing, giggling, whatever. I didn't realize until I got outside after church uh, what it wasn't even about my message. But the whole time, like, I can't believe you're, I told you before I see to the third row, like, <laughs> like I can see you making fun of me. Uh, anyway, we got to focus. I know it's a long weekend. You want to go. I get it. Romans 8, 14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. I think we would all say, I want to be a child of God, right? We would say, I want to be a child of God. Well, if I want to be a child of God, I have to open up to the Spirit of God. To open up to the Spirit of God. Acts chapter 2 is my final passage I want to reference today. Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, not just some, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Notice this next part, amazed and confused. I think that's beautiful. Those words right there. I think that's beautiful because I think a lot of times in God's presence, that's exactly what happens where you're like, I'm crying and I don't know why I'm amazed and confused. I, I think sometimes God starts to work in a service and it, it's like, man, God is doing unbelievable things, but his ways and thoughts that are higher than mine, I don't even know exactly what he's doing. I'm amazed and I'm confused. Here's the crossroads for all of us. I think this is the crossroads for all of us. Amazed and confused, they kept asking each other, what does this mean? Why is she crying? Why is he praying for him? Why are they buying those groceries? That's a fair thing. I've told you, I think questions are okay. Here's where I think we cross the line. Verse 13, but others made 
fun. The King James Version would say others mocking, mocking. I, I think there's a line here where it's okay. Not everyone's going to encounter God in the exact same way today. I've seen some people, while everyone else is standing, I've seen some people sit down, like sit down in the chair, lean their head forward, and tell me after Pastor Micah, I sat down in my chair, I had one of the most powerful God moments I've ever had. Well, when I leave today, whether you sat down and had a God moment or whether you stood up and raised your hands and had a God moment, I think it's okay to have questions. I think it's okay to be amazed and confused. I think just almost permission to pastor you here in this moment. I think what we all have to be careful of, regardless of your background, is when we cross that line and we start making fun. Start making fun. Why is he crying? What a weakling. What a weakling. What an emotional wreck. Why is, I remember when I used to pray with some seniors on Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Several of them have now passed on. They were in their 90s, a few of them at, at the time. But they've passed on, but I, I would pray with them on Tuesdays at 2 o'clock. And I remember a couple of them would pray. I've not, I've not had this happen to me, but a couple of them would pray and their hands would go like that. I've not had that happen to me. I've had the warmth. I've had the cry thing. I have had like where I got weak in the knees and like I'm just going to sit down for a little bit, which I think is very biblical. When, when you look at encounters where heaven touches earth, supernatural touches natural, that's you and I. When that happens, I think something should happen. Whether it's like cry, I don't know why. I think something should happen. God is touching you. But I would watch them and they would like do this here. Well, even though it's not happened to me, I think we cross the line if we start making fun of people that are having a God moment that maybe isn't exactly like your God moment. What I want you to notice is the difference between having a question and having a criticism. And so a question to every one of us today, which verse best describes you? What, what verse best describes you? Do you have questions where you're like, you know what, Micah, I want more of the Holy Spirit. I don't even know what to do to get it. Like, this sounds great, but I don't even know what to do. That's, that's a question. A question is, you know, I've been burned. How do I heal? How do I forgive and find the real thing? It's a question. Maybe in Acts 19, well, I didn't even hear. What, what's, that's a question. I think every one of us Every one of us have that crossroads like I talked about where you will, you'll either be in the verse where you say, what does this mean? Or you'll be in the verse where you make fun and say, I'm going to find another preacher because <laughs> this one's lost his mind. <laughs> Which verse describes you? Verse 37 and 38. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. So this is a group of people. The initial part of the chapter, people are experiencing the Holy Spirit. They're asking, what does this mean? Peter stands up. He's explaining the cross, the Holy Spirit of God, Calvary, all of these things. Verse 37, now we have the, so 3,000 people are going to experience God now. The start of the chapter, 120, now we're at 3,000. Here's another question. The question is, what shall we do? Maybe you have that question today. What shall we do? Notice Peter's response to them. Peter said to them, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. You will receive the gift of the Holy 
Spirit, 3,000 people have this amazing anointed God moment in one day because this question is answered for them. Now, I've said this over the years, and I am coming to a close, but I've said this over the years, that I love the experience of the Holy Spirit. My first experience, I was five. And I have seen some weird, but I love the experience of the Holy Spirit. I think the first 120 in Acts 2, Aaron, I think the first 120 had the Holy Spirit moment from an experience. Heaven comes to earth, it's like fire, it sets on each, that's an experience. I think the 3,000 people that I just read to you, I think the 3,000 people have this God moment because of an explanation. An explanation. They said, what does this mean? Then they said, what do we do? What does this mean? What do we do? Again, in my opinion, I think sometimes churches want everyone to get what I'm talking about on an experience, and we miss out because we never take time like this to explain. I had a lot of people just last weekend that said similar things to this to me. I was surprised you talked about it on a Sunday. They said that. I was surprised you talked about it on a Sunday. Well, here's the thing for all 17 backgrounds. I don't get to see all you guys other times. <laughs> and some of you, I'm happy to see you on 50, 55 degree rainy long weekend. I'm ecstatic you're here. And if I spend, if I spend all of my time hoping that you're all going to have this experience of the 120, there are a lot of people that may never have some of these things I'm talking about if no one explains it to you. And I don't want to be Acts 19 where people are like, we didn't even hear there was a Holy Spirit. We didn't hear there was a Holy Spirit. So I want to help you. Hopefully I'm going to talk about it again on Thursday night at our first Thursday service. I want to help you to understand the Holy Spirit more in your life. In these final few minutes, if you were to say, how can I receive the Holy Spirit? This sounds great, Micah. How can I receive the Holy Spirit? How can I begin? How can I grow? How can I be filled? How can I be led? Here's where I would like you to start today and this week. Here's where I would like you to start. Luke eleven thirteen. as bad as you are, someone say, I'm bad. <laughs> say it like you mean it. I'm bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jalen. I'm bad. I am bad. Jalen come up to me this week. He's like, Pastor, was you wearing like jogging pants last week? Is that what you said? Jogging pants? I mean, you go, jogging pants? He's like, if my pastor does, I can. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm bad. <laughs> they weren't joggers. Uh, they were pants with a line down the side that were really soft. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Luke eleven thirteen is better. Focus, Micah. Focus. Luke eleven thirteen as bad as you are, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more then will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Have you asked Him for the Holy Spirit?
Have you asked him for the Holy Spirit? I had a doctor's wife tell me that she was raised to not believe this. She's here in this area. I, I think some of her family might, might be in service right now, but she told me that she went into her backyard. She went into her backyard. She said, I looked up to the sky and I said, God, I know that I've been taught that this isn't real. But if what Micah is saying is true, I'm asking you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. And she said she had this amazing God moment right in her backyard. Have you asked him? Have you asked him for the Holy Spirit? Have you had a moment where you've said, you know what, God, I may have my concerns and those cautions and my, I may even have questions. But if there's more, if I have my own Acts 19, if there's more for me, then I want it. Position, posture your heart to be open to it. Don't make it a have to. If, if you're one takeaway today, we're getting ready to pray, but if you're one takeaway today, was to get rid of have to, that would be a win for me. Do I have to have it to go to heaven? You know, people told me about even, you know, some churches here locally. I've never heard of this before, but they told me, Pastor Micah, you had to sign a sheet of paper to be on boards and be on committees and whatever that you have the Holy Spirit. I can't speak for every other church and I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. But I'm just saying, what if we got rid of the have to today? You don't have to do this so you can be on a committee or have to like, what if we just switch that to want to? I want the Holy Spirit in my life. I want the helper. I want the right way. Don't make it a have to. So we close today. I want you to understand there's the presence of the Holy Spirit, which you'll feel in corporate gatherings, I believe. When people say, I feel the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit. There's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power to witness. It's boldness. There's the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So when you have Acts 5, Ananias lied to the Holy Spirit. In Acts 8, the Holy Spirit said to Philip. Acts 10, Simon listened. Acts 13, they're praying and worshiping. The Holy Spirit said. Acts 15, seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Acts 16, the leading of the Spirit. There is what I would call the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit says, go pray for him. When the Holy Spirit says, pay for her groceries. When the Holy Spirit says, you know what? I just want you right now just to block everyone else out. I just want you to raise your hands and surrender. There's the prompting of the Holy Spirit that you'll have. You want to be sensitive to that. And then there is what I would call praying. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example... We don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. The Spirit pleads for us in harmony with God's own will. So when you pray in a prayer language, when your soul, when your spirit is yearning for God, crying out for God, I believe the Holy Spirit can pray your very best prayer. The Holy Spirit prays in accordance with God's will. And so you say, Micah, how can I get the Holy Spirit? A couple of practical things this week that I would love you to think about. The first, I would just say people. People. 
if you're around people that's telling you it's not real, it's not for you, it's dumb, some of these verses I read, the ridicule and the mocking, it's going to make it harder for you. Just telling you over the years, I have found that people that seemingly grow in the Holy Spirit, it's because they surround themselves with other hungry people. So Acts one twenty or Acts two, these one twenty, they're all there, and the Bible says they're in one accord. In other words, this guy's not arguing with him, and he's not arguing with her. Like it's dumb, it's stupid. Who wants that? No, they're all in one accord, and they're saying, "God, we're waiting. We're waiting for the Comforter." And suddenly, suddenly, I think you need to put yourself around people that are hungry for the Holy Spirit. Next would be prayer. Prayer. I've watched people experience God when they pray. Not just listen to me pray, you pray. You don't have to have all the big fancy words. You don't have to know Greek and Hebrew. Talk to God. Talk to God. Sometimes in prayer, it's good even to be silent. The Bible would call it meditating. In other words, it's not a one-way conversation. You don't do all the talking. You talk, but then stop. And let the Spirit speak. Prayer, praise, praise. I've watched people, maybe you've never even said these words before, but I've watched people over the years experience the Holy Spirit when they simply start saying things like, I love you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You know, worldwide, I've traveled different places, Guatemala and India and different places, and you'll often hear people around the world, they'll say this word, hallelujah. Some say hallelujah, but it's your highest praise. You might be surprised what would happen in your life if you just did this. Hallelujah. 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 You know, sometimes when you just praise God, the Bible says that he inhabits the praise. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. And he inhabits that. So you have people, prayer, praise. Then you have what I would call the place. Place. This fifth one really goes hand in hand with the place. It's just what I would call part. What I mean by that is you have to give God place and you have to do your part. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you today. You have to do your part. The Bible says, and it's very interesting, we always want, well, if God does it, if it's God's will, then I'll do Listen to what the Bible says, Micah. If you draw nigh to God, he won't draw nigh to you. Sometimes we're like, well, if God does it, if God does it, that's fine. That's not exactly what he tells us in Scripture, how it happens. Sometimes you have to do your part. You have to do your part. Say, here I am, God. In Scripture, water is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Water is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. I want you to see yourself here right now as we get ready to close. I want you to see yourself in this moment. That you could have the Holy Spirit that's life-giving, that's a helper, that's powerful, could be in this place right now. And this is you. This is you. And it doesn't matter how awesome the Holy Spirit is, if the Holy Spirit's like, wow, I really wish I could get in his life. 
I really wish I could touch their marriage. If they would let me, I could help their marriage. I know you're struggling with parenting. I, I, I will help you. But I can't get in. You're like, I've got this addiction and I've got this habit and Mike, I just wish. And God's saying, I wish too. And we have the wall up and we've got him out here and he's like, until you take the lid off, until you open up, I want in. So for some people today, this is it for you. I don't know your background, but this is the decision you need to make. Are you ready today to take the lid off of your life? Then we have this jar, and this is full. It's full. It's full of work and overtime and school and sports and schedules and practice and hobbies and entertainment and movie nights and TV time and social media and sometimes we're too busy to even come to church little long give them two minutes in the morning five minutes some Bible reading time set your alarm early early just to just to go and have some space a place right we're talking about a place and a part and God is like, you know what? I really want in your Monday. I know life is tough. And I know the nation is being torn apart at, at the seams. And I know you got a lot going on. And I know the stresses and the anxiety. I know, and I want to help. I want to help on your Tuesday. I know Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. And I, wa I want, I want to help you. But there's no room. You got so much going on. What would happen even this week if you set your alarm five minutes early? Five minutes. You say, Micah, is that even a lot? Shouldn't it be 30 minutes or an hour? That'd be great, but how about we start somewhere? How about you start by saying, you know what, God, I want to give you a place or a part in my life to say, fill me, Holy Spirit. Can I challenge you today that if you'll take the lid off and if you'll give him some space, you would be surprised how the Holy Spirit wants to come into your life and wants to fill you with the right way and with peace and with joy. He told the woman at the well, if you knew the gift, we call it the gift of the Holy Spirit. He told the woman at the well, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that is saying to you, drink water you would ask of me and I would give you water that quenches the thirst as you close your eyes today give me the opportunity to pray with you both in the room and those that are online do you want more of the Holy Spirit I shared earlier it's not just what you hear it's how you respond so when you hear about Acts 19, repentance, repentance, it used the word repentance. Maybe that's where you need to start. You need to repent of your sin today. That means that you want to turn your life around. You want to follow Jesus. You're not just sorry for your sin. You want to take that next step and say, I'm sorry, but I also want to be saved. 
for others. Maybe it is baptism. My message wasn't on baptism, but maybe as I read Acts 19 and you're hearing about those people that are being baptized, that you would say, Pastor Mike, I want to be baptized. Maybe for others today, I don't see anyone looking around, but maybe for others, it's the Holy Spirit. And you want to take the lid off. You want to take the lid off today. You've been keeping them at arm's length. Maybe you even had some justifiable reasons. Maybe it's not that God spoke up and said he's coming down Tuesday and kicked someone's butt. But you have your own stories. And you're like, you know, I, I actually, because of all of that weirdness, maybe because I was warned or someone told or taught me, I've never taken the lid off today. Not saying you have to go in the backyard and look up to the sky, but what if right now, what if right now you make your own decision to say, God, if it's real, if you want me to have it, God, I open up my life today. I want to give you a place. I want to do my part. Not because I have to. Have to, have to. Not because I have to. I want to. I want the Holy Spirit in my life. I think the Holy Spirit will elevate every single area of your life. Your mind, your thoughts, your heart, your convictions. Those of you in relationships, those of you that have impacted influence on children, the Holy Spirit will raise that bar because he's the helper. He's the helper. If you're here today, you would just say, Pastor Micah, I want to take the lid off today. I want to take the lid off today. If I've never had anything with the Holy Spirit, I want some. Maybe I had a little bit, but I want more. Maybe I did, but it's sort of on empty right now and I need refilled. But if that's you today, would you just raise a hand so I can pray for you today? Thank you. I want the Holy Spirit in my life. Thank you. Hands are still going up. Thank you. I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life. God, I pray right now for everyone on site and online. I pray that you would save today. I pray that you would fill with the Spirit today. I pray that every single one of us wouldn't live a life that has the lid or even full, full of everything else, too busy. I pray that every one of us would have that place and that space for you in our lives. And I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.